1: Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee on a Tuesday. Took a couple days off. Charlie's doing a little traveling. Parts unknown right now. Jay Perry is joining me in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents across the state of Mississippi and the customer service is fantastic. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the need for in the insurance world. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. This is Sunday coffee on a Tuesday, as we said. It is still morning time, and so I have my tall boy of Strange Brew Coffee. Went by the University Drive location this morning. Charlie, where you are, do you have anything that's comparable to Strange Brew Coffee?
0: I have something that is in a cup that has one of those fancy little cardboard wrappers around it that came from the hotel lobby so i would say that from all outward appearances the lid the cup the little sleeve you put it in it's comparable only in that sense jay
1: i'm a strange brew blueberry cobbler oh, yeah. flavored coffee here's the question
0: do
2: you want the chocolate coffee bean or the white chocolate coffee bean on top i think
1: either because to me you know white chocolate's almost cheating all right. It's not it's not it's not true <laughs> chocolate, okay? And so but the thing you can't do is you can't leave it there too long. Uh, so,
2: yeah. so you're you don't want it melted at all, right? No. As I don't, soon as she hands it to you. Yes. Coffee
1: I, bean in the mouth. Coffee bean in the mouth yeah. at that time because but I'll tell you this, you do have the lingering effect if it does melt on top. Yeah. And so, hey, we've got Jay Perry here with us. He'll be roaming the sideline in 3 weeks. It's hard to believe it's less than Gosh. 3 weeks to College football season. All right. So we had the scrimmage on Saturday, and now, you know, practice Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I went just a few minutes and got to the top corner of the stadium for the scrimmage on Saturday, stayed just a few minutes. And I realized real quick, and I'm one of these guys that when I go to practice, I'm a contrarian at times, and sometimes I have high anxiety and if you're a contrarian and you have anxiety, you never want to go to football practice. Because if somebody does something great, you always say on the other side, well, the DBs look bad. Right, that's the, right. The wide receivers look good. The DBs look bad. So just looking at it and you see how the defense did, i tell you this, and, and Charlie, you may feel completely different than I do, just at 10,000 feet. I think our defense has a chance. I mean, we look like got some dudes yeah. on that defensive side.
2: No, I, I completely agree with you, Bart. You know the thing—the thing you have is you've got some maturity, especially up front. You know, you look at obviously a Jaden Crumity. You look at a Cam Young. You look at a Randy Charlton. I mean, Randy Charlton in his second year with us, but that's this guy's played a lot of football. You know, you get Tyrus Wheat back. Hey, you get a Jordan Davis back who was injured. In that same scrimmage a year ago, you've you got some guys up there. We, we have – one of the things that I do is I'm still the pro liaison. So, we've had probably, I would say, 18 to 20 of the NFL teams have already been through here with at least one guy. And, and they all have said the same thing. Boy, most of the teams we've seen so far – and they've been to a number of teams in our league. They said most of the teams we've been to so far don't have dudes that look like that up front on the defensive side. And so I, I think that that you, it starts from there. Obviously, you've got an Emmanuel Forbes Jr. on a corner. And then i tell you, an interesting spot to watch for me is that other corner spot. Marcus Banks has been really good. DeCamreon Richardson has been really good. Though that, That's going to be an interesting spot. Both those guys are going to play a ton. But, but I agree, Bart. I, I think this will absolutely be the best iteration of a Zach Arnett coach defense.
0: Can we agree right now? that we are not going to be on here, whether it's a post-game show, a pre-game show, whatever, and complaining about lack of experience on defense this year. You you, look at Tyrus Wheat, you know, Tyrus Wheat, a graduate. You know, you talk about Cam Young, I think a guy who doesn't get enough attention, a redshirt senior, crumity, a graduate. And I get it. You'll have a young guy at a corner here and there, but we gotta be as old as anybody and as experienced as anybody on the defensive side of the ball this year. Is that fair? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I agree with that, Charlie. And in every position too. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not like you've got, you know, experience at defensive tackle and you have inexperience at linebacker. You've got somebody in each one of those rooms that you could deem a quote unquote leader. And to me, that's the great thing about this defense. And, hey, you know, we talk about this offense all the time. I mean, when, when people pick up their paper and they think about Mississippi State and Bend, Oregon, they're thinking Mike Leach, they're thinking offense. And what's what's been the knock about Mike Leach and his teams, wherever he's gone, is they have never had a defense that could help the offense. And, man, I tell you what, I think you got that this year. I, I
2: do too. And, you know, Bart, I, I give credit to – obviously to zach arnett i mean because he's done an incredible job but i give credit to mike leach because when you're out there at practice you hear coaches all the time talk about hey you're the head coach of your position you're the head coach of your position yada yada well (laughs) he puts his money where his mouth is i mean that is zach arnett's defense zach arnett is the head coach on the defensive side of the football whatever he wants to do whether it's He wants his staff to meet at 6 a.m. and then get out of there and practice is over. However, he wants to run it, he runs it. Zach has done a phenomenal job, and I agree with you. I I thought the defense was really good last year. I think it is an improved defense this year. And as you said, you look at every position. I mean, Nathaniel Watson and Jet Johnson. Jet Johnson's our leading returning tackler. Nathaniel Watson, I mean, Buki has played a lot of football. Deshaun Page, who was a junior college guy, but Deshaun Page, I thought, had a really nice spring. I thought he had a really, really nice spring. so you so, then you look at safety, whether it's a Jalen Green, a Colin Duncan, a Jackie Matthews transfer, but has a lot of experience. So, I, I agree with both you guys. We are an experienced defense, uh, senior-laden defense with a head coach and a defensive coordinator that are f- flat, not afraid to let them get after it.
1: Charlie, if you were to take one of those areas, what's the one area on the defense you're excited the most about?
0: I think the linebacker position, um, I like our guys up front, and I guess part of it always depends, too, on when you start lining guys up, what do you really consider, you know, a guy on the front line versus a linebacker? You know, because sometimes one guy's defensive end is another guy's linebacker. But I, as I look at it, you start looking at the linebacker core. I mean, how are you going to complain about it? Um, you got Jet Johnson back there. You got Buki Watson back there. You know, Tyrus Wheat, I, th- that to me, we now, you've heard me say this a million times, your linebackers are only as good as your nose guard and defensive tackles are at taking up blockers. You know, you look a whole lot better when you got guys who can take up two and three blockers at a time in front of you. You know, you think about a Jeff Simmons, he makes linebackers look awfully good.
1: Man, Charlie, along those lines, man, just what you just said. When I went to the scrimmage the other day in the first two series, and it was almost like jailbreak in the middle. And so then all of a sudden you begin to say, hey, is our defensive line and our linebackers that good, or have we had a difficult time in the interior of our offensive line? I I thought back to like 2005. I took a bunch of guys over to football. I think it was the first scrimmage of 2005, second year under Sylvester Croom. And we're sitting there. And man, let me tell you something. Everything that happened in that practice was a jailbreak. <laughs> Everything that happened was a jailbreak. And because we thought we were going to be a little bit better that year, and then you go out to that first scrimmage, and you're like, you know, after about ten minutes, one of the guys was like, All right, "Y'all ready to go eat?" And, <laughs> and so it was one of it was one of those deals, and it was also one of those deals. I put it in comparison about because Sylvester Crew, I fought I the world of him. And it's you can like two things, but if you put two things together, doesn't mean that you like it. Was like I went to the to the K. Roger the other day to to the Kroger's, all right? And I saw coconut water, all right? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get some coconut water. I got
2: I I, like coconut and I like water.
1: Yeah, I like coconuts (laughs) and I like water. But I tell you what, I realized real quick, I don't (laughs) like coconut water. And it's like Sylvester Croom. I love Sylvester Croom. I like Sylvester Croom a lot. And I like football, but I'm not a big fan of (laughs) Sylvester Crew football. And so that's the thing that I think about when I go to practice, especially early in the year, about how the defenses are so far ahead of the offenses. So, Jay, looking back at that scrimmage and seeing how the defense up front, was it our defense being so good? Was it our offense just kind of being – Blown back a little bit. The contrarian in me was scared to death. It was the offensive line.
2: Yeah, no, you know, and I think that's a, a, a fair concern. However, I, I really like, and in talking to Coach Miller and being in practice, I think we're going to have seven or eight deep on the offensive line. I, I think from a pure depth standpoint, we're in a better place this year than last year. Now, make no mistake, you did not hear me say we have Charles Cross because we don't, and we will not replaced the number nine pick in the NFL draft, so that's that's obviously a challenge. However, I really like the pieces. Now, what Mason Miller's working through right now is where do those pieces fit? You know who your center is, the Quinston Sharp, who we were able to he, he was able to get a junior college red shirt that gave him this extra year, which is really big for us, really big for for Q as well. So, other than that spot you're still kind of plugging and playing on some guys. You know, you've got Percy Lewis and Dollar Bill and Cam Jones, you know, some of your tackles. And obviously interior guys, you know, you've got a ton of guys that can be that interior. You've got an Albert Reese who's a young guy who's coming along getting better. Um, Nick Jones is an incredibly athletic offensive lineman. I think you will probably see him at left guard. That's where he's worked predominantly uh, in, in camp. But then you've just got a bunch of guys um, that got a chance, whether it's a Cole Smith. um, You know, these guys are going to be a little bit interchangeable in that spot. So I think right now, especially in scrimmage one, because even though they go pretty hard in practice, and when we go ones versus ones, they're getting after it pretty good, but it's still not a scrimmage. And so I would have been a little surprised, and I'll be honest with you, I would have been more concerned – had we not seen what we saw on Saturday a little bit, I would have been a little concerned about the defense because I expected the defense to be a little ahead of the offense right now.
0: So let me ask you this, Jay. You know, I think back, we've had some guys come in who have turned out to be awfully good offensive linemen who transferred in from junior college. You know, think about Martinez Rankin. But then you go back and look at some of those guys, they had a redshirt year. They had time to adjust to the speed of the game before they went on to become – Really good college offensive linemen and ultimately NFL guys. Is Percy Lewis a guy who needs that red shirt year, or do we just not know yet?
2: Well, it, it's kind of like one of those things, really, probably no reason to answer the question because he ain't getting it. So, I mean, so you know, he ain't getting it. Now, I'll tell you this Percy has really changed uh, his body. In the time he's been here, he's gotten significantly better as a player. Look, he was obviously a big-time recruit for us. I mean, he was a huge, huge, huge signing for us. Now, like anybody else, though, could he benefit from that? Yeah, of course he could. No question he could. But we just don't have the luxury of that. He He's going to play. Um, I, I think guys are going to be impressed with Nick Jones at guard. I, I really do. He He's super athletic, really good feet, has done a really nice job. And I'll tell you, a guy – you know, when, when Cam Jones was coming out of Starkville High School, I thought Cam was a nice player. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't necessarily think that Cam Jones would be not only a starter in the, in the SEC at this point, but be a guy that we really are going to depend on. And And Cam Jones has just continually gotten better and better and better, and I think that's a little bit to your point, Charlie. When you don't have to step in and play, especially at that position with the dominant defensive lineman we see in our league, you can benefit from it. But I, like I say, I like the depth up there. There is no Charles Cross, and that's going to be, you know, a challenge certainly. And we're going to have to move some guys around. And uh, but I love the depth. I'm not surprised to Bart's point at all that the defense, you know, had some of those because we we got some real dudes. I think up front, especially, and I think I think that defense, especially the defensive line, it starts with Jaden Crumedy and Cam Young, no question about it.
1: Talked about Cam Jones, Cam Jones, Albert Reese. They kind of flip back and forth between guard and tackle. Right now, if you were to guess, would you say Jones at tackle and yeah. Reese at guard? Yeah.
2: That that if if we played a football game tomorrow, I would say. Dollar Bill and Cam Jones, Percy Lewis. Those are you know those guys are going to stick it a little bit at, at tackle. Um, and then I, I agree with you. I think Albert probably goes inside right now. I think we will see Albert inside more this year, and I think we'll see him go back outside next year.
0: Here's the one thing that I'm going to make a prediction of on the offensive line, and you can record this, you can tag it, you can save it to Dropbox, save it in your phone. I'm just going to tell you right now. Oh, we're going to record it. Yeah. yeah about game 2 Bart is going to say to me you know what Charles Cross was underrated because if you look at the way we're playing on the offensive line right now we couldn't have been this bad if Charles Cross had been here i'm just i am predicting that we are going to appreciate how good Charles Cross was about 3 games into this season
1: Charlie i'm very disappointed that you think i'm a negative person <laughs>
0: Can't believe no, said, it's no, it's like Jack Crystal once said. One of my favorite Jack Crystal lines of all time. You know, we were getting just murdered by somebody, and Jack's piling on. And after a while, he says, "I'm not being negative. I'm just reporting the facts."
2: <laughs> well, you know, look in part's defense, we don't have a Charles Cross, and 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 I think we will see. Now, y- you talk to Mason Miller. Let's just take him or Mike Leach, who was a, a former offensive line coach himself they would tell you that they could see right up front, right out of the chute, how good Charles Cross was. Now, to the average uh, person, maybe you don't see some of those things, and a lot of that's because of what we do. You know, you, you typically aren't going to see the road grader up there, you know, pushing a guy downfield five, six, seven yards, because that's not what we do. I mean, these guys are going to be in pass pro 60-plus times a game, but what you saw in a Charles Cross, his feet were phenomenal and they were that way when he got here when he was undersized when he got here but his feet were always better than everybody else and I think that's what made him such a big time guy he just moved so well I don't know if you guys saw any of the game the other night with the Seahawks he played um, and, and played well I mean he look this guy's got barring injury knocking on uh, the Farm Bureau desk here Barney injury, he I think he's going to play a long time in the National Football League, and I think he's going to be a really, really talented offensive lineman.
1: Okay, if you want me to be a contrarian here, if, and then I will not say that in the second week about Charles Cross, will I be saying that about Makai Polk, Charlie? You
0: know, that Makai Polk was underrated and that we missed him? I don't think so. I think our receiver core is going to be fine. And I know that Mike Leach came out after the scrimmage the other day, and and made the comment that, uh, you know, our receivers have to do a better job getting off the ball. I'm sure they do. I mean, that's to be expected a little bit when, you know, you start to go to scrimmages and all of a sudden it's time to get physical. It's a different type game. I am not, look, would we be better off having Makai Polk? You bet. But I go back to experience too. Look, like you think about your receiver spot right now. Look, I'll take Austin Williams, okay? And you can say, is Austin Williams going to scream to the top of anybody's draft list? No. But you know what he is? He's a guy that understands what he's trying to do. I mean, think about this. This guy is playing as a four-year letterman. In the history of college football, how many times has that happened? You start to say, can he help you? You bet. Then you start looking at ra Thomas. Can he help you? Yes. Caleb Ducking, yes. Tulu, yes. And, and I did not even talk about Jameer Calvin or Jaden Wally. I, I just am not, and man, I may, this may be the thing you record on me and come back and say, all right, you said it. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not worried about our receiving core this year.
1: Jay, let me ask you this. Out of all the guys he just named, two of the guys that stand out to me that have had really good practices, Justin Robinson, the transfer from Georgia, and then you've got Jordan Mosley, the transfer from Northwestern. Out of those guys, Who, who's the guy that we don't know a whole – that fans don't know a whole lot about they are going to sit there and say after week but, uh, week three, man, I like that guy. Like last year, Christian Ford was that guy. Midway through the season, we were like, man, I like that guy. Is there anybody out there that we don't know about that we're going to say, man, I like that guy?
2: Yes and no. I, first of all, I agree with your point about J-Rob and Jordan Mosley. I, I think – though, I mean, J-Rob gets off the bus and looks like an NFL guy, right? I mean, his the way he's built – Uh, he's got an NFL outside receiver body. Now, he's got to put it together. I thought his spring was fairly pedestrian, but he's had a really good fall camp. Jordan Mosley, a guy, still a young guy, uh, but I think he's got a chance to be really, really talented. I I agree. Both those guys, I think, can help us. But a guy that Charlie mentioned – We'll leave Ra Ra Thomas to the side for a minute because he was an unbelievably pleasant surprise last year. Uh, I think we will see him continue that in his maturation process. But a guy that fans know about a little, but we haven't seen much from, Caleb Ducking. Uh, wearing number four this year, by the way, Ra Ra will be wearing zero this year, but, but Caleb Ducking is a guy I think can take a lot of the weight off of the loss of a Makai Polk. I think they have some similarities. I will say this, I think Caleb Ducking has a chance. I'm not going to go so far as to say he'll do it yet. I think he's got a chance to be better than Mackay Polk in at least one key area, and that's yard after catch. I think he's got a chance to be a little more physical of a guy out there. Coach Steve Spurrier, Coach, our outside receivers, uh, I, 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 that's a guy, and I know I've said it before, but that's someone in Caleb Ducking I think can really be a difference maker for us. If he continues to grow, continues to work hard, which he has done, he had a really good spring, he's had a really good camp. So for me right now, even though our fans know him, he's been on our roster for a couple of years, but Caleb Duckin's is a guy that hasn't caught a lot of balls for us, but I think he's a guy that can really, really help us.
0: All right, we were talking about Charles Cross and his good feet a minute ago. We lost some games, arguably, because of feet, or at least the right foot of kickers at times. Massimo Biscardi. That's how you say it, by the way, Massimo. Is that how you would say it, Jay Massimo Biscardi, which Tell I just—I like, just like to say. Uh, we to make some more. field goals. Yeah, you know what? Are we gonna make any field goals?
2: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm careful to say this because I. I, I, I will. Uh, I will confess this. I was a Brandon Ruiz homer going into the season. Um, I thought from a talent standpoint he was really, really good. It didn't work out, uh, and then when he got hurt, uh, we go to Arkansas, miss three field goals take nine points that we would have had. You know, we, we win the game. We didn't win the game. Um, but I'll say this. Here's what I really like about Massimo Biscardi. First of all, he just appears to be a normal dude. Second of all, his mental makeup appears to be pretty solid. And then third, you know, this is a guy that that comes in, was pretty decorated Coastal Carolina, doesn't really appear to be uh doesn't appear to be too bothered by much, not in a flippant sort of way, just in a I gotta go ahead and take care of my business. I, I think Massimo Biscardi will be a step up, and I get it before your listeners say, Well, geez, that's what's well, Captain Obvious, Jay. Really appreciate you predicting that for us. I think he will be better than we had in the last couple of years. I think he's a guy that can really help us. I, I, I'm not gonna tell you he's gonna, you know, make every field goal he attempts, of course. But I don't think he's a guy that, when he rolls out there, that we're collectively holding our breath. I don't think he's that guy. I think he's got a chance to really up our kicking game, Charlie. I think he's somebody that will help us in that department. I'm pretty excited
1: about him. And I think you know, if if you have a guy that occasionally, it's almost like a shortstop in baseball. You want to make the routine play and occasionally make the great play, right? So what is the routine play as a kicker? Thirty to thirty-five. Up to 40, okay. That's the routine kick for a college kicker, and occasionally, if you can hit that 48 yarder, hey, thank you, you did your job. But to me, it's that 30 to 40, and that's where he's had you know good success throughout his career. Let me ask you this question, Jay. We talk about our defense, and I know, yeah, kicking it is going to be a big key as far as place kicking, but also something I think that goes you know overlooked sometimes is about the kickoff especially when you've got a – defense like we have this year forcing teams to go 75 yards and in today's world of touchbacks you can fair catch the five yard line but putting the ball in the end zone and touchbacks is such a big key in college football today because it's a big difference and I know it doesn't seem like a whole lot it's a huge difference in keeping your team 65 yards and 75 yards and if you can make them start at the 25 that's big how are we going to be from a kick unit standpoint? Well,
2: that, that's a great question, and I'll be honest with you. I think the jury is still out. Uh, I don't know that anyone has just flatly asserted themselves as the guy, as the kickoff guy. You know, I think right now we've got a pretty good battle for that job. I think we've got a pretty good battle uh, for punter. I think Massimo is clearly your field goal kicker. But beyond that, I think we've got a pretty good battle. Of course, Eric Mealy is our special teams coach this year, moving over from running backs to special teams. Coach Brock goes from special teams and Sam linebackers to all linebackers. Uh, but but Coach Mealy does a great job. And Coach Brock did a great job as well. But Coach Mealy does a really good job with those guys because he gives them just enough encouragement to make sure they're, 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 they're out there rolling and working and positive. But he's also in them enough to know that guys that, – Every single day, you may win or you may lose your job, and we'll tell you who's going to be the guy here uh, right before we kick it off. And so, Bart, I, I'm not dodging the question. I don't know the answer to that yet. And and I will say this, even when we couldn't count on Ruiz necessarily um, to kick it through the upright some, he put some gun in the end zone. Uh, and I don't know. I think that's certainly something. Now, I will say this. I love our kick coverage team, and we'll see who actually rolls out there. Again, one of the things that Mike Leach is so good at is, Unless you're a quarterback, by golly, you better be prepared to play special teams. It's important. I mean, it's 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 one of the most important phases of the game. And so, as you have always seen with us, you're going to see a whole lot of starters out there on kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return. I'd like what we're going to see out there in that regards, but I think the jury is still a little out. I think that's going to be a question and an interesting topic to revisit in about week three. Hopefully, we've had to kick off a whole lot of times, but I think that's gonna be an interesting question to revisit
0: all right, Jay Bart. My question is this: How many times do we go for two against Memphis?
2: <laughs> well, I hope we score about twelve times, and so we're gonna have an option to do it up to twelve times. I mean so i don't I don't know uh I'd be okay if we scored about three hundred uh would be fine with me and I will tell you this it's pretty interesting um just in talking with the guys. Uh, every game we know, every game counts the same, right? There, you, you get 12 opportunities to lace them up. If you win six of those, you get a 13th. Uh, you win enough of them, maybe you get a 14th or a 15th for some. But that's a game in part because it's the first game of the season uh, and in part because of what happened uh, last year. No one has said this in the building, and certainly the coaches would never. None of the players have said it. But I will say this. I would be willing to bet a whole lot of our players have that game really, really circled uh, on the old proverbial schedule.
1: We're going to go for two late, only because (laughs) they won't let us go for three. That's what I'm telling you. Hey, Charlie, hey, man, appreciate you joining us this morning. I know you're on the road this week, and uh, I know we had a 48-hour delay on this. Appreciate you working your schedule around us.
0: I have a uh – a big topic to cover before we go though and by the way i do have to say I did go over to the miami marlins game the other day one of the top fan experiences i've ever had at a baseball game you park 15 feet away from the door it, it was it was phenomenal more on that later but we have not touched on the changing of the fourth quarter song and that got me thinking you know, that's the big debate now. And I guess Mike Leach made some comment somewhere along the way about Mississippi Queen. I'm just wondering if anybody has a position on this show today about whether, in fact, we should, in fact, change the fourth quarter song.
1: Plant me firmly in the camp of apathy. <laughs> Can I join
2: you on that camp <laughs> I
1: mean, You know, and that's that's the thing. You know, don't stop believing and I know I'm not trying to make anybody mad here. Not trying to make anybody mad here. And I thought it was if you go to a Red Sox game, Jay, you're a Red Sox fan, you know that you're going to sing Sweet Caroline. Yeah. And you know when you go to Virginia Tech, they're going to play the song by Metallica coming out yeah. as soon as the game starts. And I think music sometimes plays a big part. I'm not going to get wrapped up in it because I know I'm sounding old and I'm sounding very very cranky here, don't mean to, but I don't really care.
0: Charlie, what's your position? You know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I, I got to thinking on my drive back from Miami, like you know what the song would be. You know, I suggested at one point that uh, in the early two thousands, maybe we could have gone with you, know, "You Should Probably Leave." Um, <laughs> let's, but although, let's hope
2: we don't need that one.
0: Let's hope we don't need that this year. Right. Um, I don't really care. I'm not terribly in love with Journey. Um, you know, I, I thought they're, you know, they had some decent early 80s hits, but I don't have an affinity for Steve Perry, and I certainly don't have an affinity for post-Steve Perry Journey now that I think about it. So I don't really care. I just think the, the only problem I have with Don't Stop Believing is it reminds me of kind of the whole we believe thing. And it almost seemed like when it got started, that somebody had to be doing this kind of tongue-in-cheek. You know, the whole We Believe going to Alabama and then getting half a hundred hung on us.
2: 8 no going over there for that game. You remember all the businesses downtown had the signs in their windows, We Believe. But that's
1: when hashtag started. Yeah. Oh, you're right. We we thought any hashtag was cool. (laughs)
2: That's a good point.
0: No, I'm with you. Oh, we had somebody put a We Believe t-shirt on the Bear Bryant statue. Did we? You know, it's like somebody said. You know, David beat Goliath, but he didn't taunt him on the way into the battle. I'm not oh, sure what we were doing there. That's
2: right. Well, it's it's like we've we've heard before. Uh, you know, sometimes fan is short for fanatic, and so that's okay. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather there be uh, fanaticism than apathy. So, but but I, there is apathy. I'm with I'm with Bart. I I don't care really. Whoever wants to change it and what they want to change it to, great. We'll support it. If they keep it the same, great. We'll support that too. What I'm more concerned about is that uh, going into the fourth quarter, uh, I'd rather be up enough that we don't have to worry about believing or not believing that it's just going to happen. So
1: I'll say this. I re- I'll I'll say this. I remember in 2004 we had beaten Florida, yeah. and then the next week we play Kentucky. Right? Titus Brown slips through and sacks. The quarterback for Kentucky, or hits the running back for a safety. Okay, the place is at a fevered pitch, as they say. And I remembered right before the kickoff, we played Big Yellow Taxi. And so I think <laughs> we should start the fourth quarter with Big Yellow Taxi. We paved paradise and we put up a parking lot. How about that, Charlie?
0: <laughs> Maybe a little uh, Katrina. What Katrina in the waves, walking on sunshine. <laughs> little Captain and Tennille.
2: Yeah, I, I'm 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 with you guys. Whatever.
0: Yeah. I, hey, I'm, I'm happy. Hey, Trump. we'll talk about painting the end zones next uh, next episode. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll make sure we get Brandon Harden on here to, to get his <laughs> thoughts too. Hey, enjoyed it as always. <laughs> Thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Of course, I've got my tall boy, a blueberry cobbler flavored coffee this morning. Strange Brew with three locations two here in Startwell, one in Tupelo at Brewpolo. And of course, our good friends at Tracks Plus. We haven't tra- talked about Tracks Plus yet. Trax Plus, five locations now. They've added that Bessemer, Alabama location on I 459 going around Birmingham. But, of course, in Hickory, Mississippi, Columbus and Startwell, halfway between Columbus and Startwell on Highway 82, Summit, Mississippi, and then down in Alexandria, Louisiana for that Barco Forestry Equipment, Saney Excavators, and Mini Excavators. Jay, have you ever driven an excavator?
2: No, but you know what? They have these places around. I'm going to call Chris Weems, though, and see if he'll let me get on one. Yes. I suspect he won't, but he might.
1: Charlie set the tone. He set the standard. I
2: want on an excavator.
1: And then our good friends at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your banking needs. So for Charlie Winfield, Jay Perry here in the Farm Bureau studios with me today. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Sunday coffee on a Tuesday morning. We'll hit you guys up again this weekend.